0: Emergency. What is your location? I get point three opening. Rescue radio, because there's a war for your soul.
1: Yes, indeed, the war goes on. Let us pray. Father God, you are awesome. You are good. You keep us, Lord, in all situations and conditions. And Lord God, you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to eternal life. So I pray today that you would remove the scales from the eyes, the stupor from the soul and the heart and the minds of people, and we would um, consider the precious gift of our life and how you would have us, Lord God, live that life to the fullest that we might be fruitful to unto every good work. Father, you said you should know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Freedom is what we seek, not uh, a lie, not a bondage, not uh, the appearance of freedom. So, Lord, I pray today that you'd cover us as we go into war, as we're in war, as we're in the midst of this battle for life and death, that you would keep your promise to us that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth shame, trouble, or reproach. That you would keep us, Lord, in our health and safety, in our traveling vehicles, our finances, the work of our hands, all that you have called us to do, that we would complete the works and be fruitful unto every good work. And we thank you now for wisdom. We pray that you'd give each one eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive and comprehend. We thank you, Jesus, for your testimony. And we thank you now for guiding us in this war, in this life, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today we're talking about a very interesting situation, um, death, our eternal destination. And I've just got to say one thing before we start. This is kind of to set the mood here, a quick quick moment. Um, this is of great urgency. Um, the day that many of us don't want to think about, we don't want to deal with, we don't want to um, acknowledge is coming. We just There's so many ways we can distract ourselves from the idea of Giving a full and final account to the Lord God for our life on the earth, many of us have been lost in the confusions and doubt of whether God even exists. But for some days, you can um, put a date on the calendar. You know, the the vacation. You know, in June or May or whatever. The wedding, we get a date. The graduation, I'm going to graduate in May. Whatever. You have a date, but some we cannot put a date on the calendar, and death is one of those, and that's why we need to live every day as if it is the day that we might appear before the Lord. And for some of us, this would be an awesome thing, a a day of rejoicing, a day of completion, a day of reward and blessing. For some of us, it would be the most terrible, dreadful day of our life. So let's look at that today as we come with us, as we study death and our eternal destination.
0: Yeah, we're very close to death, every one of us. Right, mm-hmm. um,
1: one breath away, one, one heartbeat breath, away. One breath
0: away, one heartbeat. Uh, David said in First Samuel twenty verse three, but truly, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. So we think of you know the death is the you know ending of life, the ending like it's over. Well, you know, something is dead. It's over. But here is the deal:
1: it's a transition.
0: It's a transition. Mm-hmm it's a transition, it's a separation for us, it's a separation of our soul and spirit from our physical bodies for Correct. us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the soul includes your mind, will, and emotions, that which is the real you, in a sense, and your spirit get separated from your body and that we call that death.
1: Right, but that death is not uh, mean that we die, in a way, because we live forever, we are eternal beings. So it's kind of interesting... We die at that point where our body separates from our soul. Our soul departs, and our body becomes a corpse. But ultimately, the soul goes on to, to to end end up and render itself in one of two places: heaven or hell. And so, but this life is the is the way we in the place and the, the way the method that it, that we use to determine which one of those destinations we will um, end up in. Yeah,
0: and there are a lot of mysteries concerning death. You know, as, you know what happens after we die. There's all these speculations and uh, views of of death. Mm-hmm. But we're looking today, of course, at the biblical view of death and eternal life and so forth. And uh, there there are a lot of things that we don't know about, even biblically as to what happens after we die, but there's a lot of things we do know. Mark Twain said, it's not the things about the Bible I don't understand that bother me. Mm -hmm. It's the things that I do understand that bother me. And, of course, he was not a a believer.
1: When we don't want to get all tangled up in the specifics or the uh, details of death, we do know that we die, we do know that we depart, we know the body uh, becomes a corpse— we know that in the Bible it's called sleeping. In um, the New Testament, believers they were sleeping, and we also know according to the conversation Jesus had with the thief on the cross, He said, "Today you will be with me in paradise." Now this may have been a new thing because in the um, in, in the as Jesus was referring in Lazarus um, and the bosom of Abraham, and there was a great gulf fixed between the two, um, there was that accommodation for the. Old Testament believers, or those who were who died before the cross, but the thief was the first one that would be dying, probably after Jesus died on the cross. But we we know that there's a good place, a beautiful place called heaven, but and and a place terrifying called hell, where some people have actually gone and been witnessed to and came back and testified. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> yes. It's you know there's a lot of different. Um, you know, uh,
1: stories, stories right. testimonies,
0: mm-hmm. some that you know, kind of wonder about and some that are, but you know that seem real sound. But there are a lot of people that we know of that have experienced a, a taste of glory and being with, with Jesus in the glories of heaven, things that they observed.
1: Including Enoch, for example.
0: Yeah, and Enoch and... and uh, uh you you knew a, a lady years ago that had oh, yeah. that passed away. She Oh, was can a, you tell a story? T- tell that story okay. quickly.
1: Betty Malls, she was um uh let's see, she was twenty seven, I think, um, daughter of a Baptist preacher, played the organ in church, a little rebellious, didn't um have a very hardcore um intention of following God, just kind of going through the motions and she uh had a ruptured appendix. And back in those days, this was like in 1957 when they didn't have all the stuff we got now, uh, medically. And so she was not able to, um, uh, the ruptured appendix, they did not diagnose it in time and it corrupted her whole body. She was rotting inside and finally, um, she died. And she was laying in the bed, as the story is told, and her father, the Baptist preacher, came and stood at the foot of her bed and began to pray for his daughter. She had just passed away. And she said she went she saw she felt herself leaving her body, going up into a place where the grass was so green and so soft, it was perfect. it was just and as she walked on this grass, she felt life coming back into her into her body. And she saw the flowers, they were singing, and the colors were gorgeous. And then she came up to these pearly gates, and she heard a voice, literally pearl. she said. And she um, heard this voice coming from behind the, the gate. Um, and she also heard a lot of sounds of construction, she said, going on behind the gate. But this voice said to her, um, basically do you want to come in or do you want to go back? And at that point, she was seeing her father's prayers as arrows coming up and going up into the behind the gate, prayers of intercession for her to, to um, come back to life or to come back. And, and I know a lot of people pray for their dead to come back to life, and sometimes it's, it works. And she said, I want to go back, because she knew that she had not lived her life fully for the Lord, and so she ga- she came back. And when she did that, she felt her body she said it was in the morning she saw the resurrection and the life in the light beam coming back into her body and she became alive well the funny thing is was because her body had been all rotted out inside the doctors came in and they realized you know the little candy striper came in and found her, you know, thought that she was dead. they pulled the sheet up. The sheet was now down. She was talking. The candy striper freaked out, ran down the hall, got the doctor. The doctor said, oh no, what did you do? Why did you come back to life basically? Because now we, what can we, how can we fix you? You're all rotten. You have no stomach. You have no intestines, blah, blah, blah. Don't feed her anything. And she said, I'm starving. And so they brought, he says, okay, just one little tiny sip of seven up. So they got the candy stripers, et cetera, with the lunch coming down, the trays coming down. The tray that came to her room had pork chops, applesauce, and mashed potatoes. And she ate it because she was hungry. And then they came rushing and said, oh no, you got the wrong tray. You got the one from the lady down the hall and she got the seven up and she's upset. And they were upset. And they said, now you're going to die for sure. But what really happened was the doctor says, you're going to die. Well, anyway, short story, her plumbing was all working just fine. And he said, you're never going to be able to conceive and have a baby or anything. Well, of course she did. She had a daughter. And so, you see, she said to me, she said, the most important thing about heaven is that whatever you have to do to get there, it's worth it. She said, "Um, and the only thing that you can take to heaven with you are people. And so those are the two things she learned from this beautiful place that she got to visit. And after that, of course, she became quite dedicated to the Lord, no doubt.
0: Yeah, and and just another story I heard just a couple of days ago, uh, a man that— his wife had, had passed away, and she was just a you know, young lady, and she'd, she'd passed away, and he, he prayed. The husband prayed and prayed for her, and she came back to life. And she was, she, was, she was upset with him because she said, I was there, and I saw all these people that she knew who were believers and experienced the glory about it, and she was just ready to see Jesus when she came back and she, <laughs> well, she was, it was at, her time, he not says, to... how come, he says, how can you pray for me back? I was just ready to see Jesus and you kind of spoiled it for me. But it's interesting um the, the husband's father just passed away at the age of 88 and he knew that story and he said, when I go, when I pass away, he says, don't anybody dare Pray me back. <laughs> Pray me back. Just let me go. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, and of course death, you know, it goes back to the garden, you know, yeah. when, you know, and, and you eat of the tree, you're going to mm-hmm. die. And well, that Satan to. said, you're not going to die. And so death, you know, his physical death has spread to all men because all have sinned according to Romans 5, 12. But there's three different aspects of death. There's the, there's spiritual death, there's physical death, and there's eternal death. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, spiritual death is like there's a separation from God. In Isaiah 59, 1 through 2, 1 and 2, it talks about your iniquities have separated yep. you from your God. There's a spiritual separation between us and our Creator.
1: Well, Ezekiel 18 says, of course, the soul that sins shall die. And, of course, Adam and Eve. Disobeyed in the garden and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that's where death came in. Death was a problem. It began with sin, it began actually with believing the lies and being deceived and tempted, and that's where your death, our death, all comes from. It's sometimes people are dying a little bit at a time, one sin at a time, one lie at a time, mm-hmm. and it's, it's really shutting people down to the point where it's like the lights are being turned down slowly, and one of the things that happens is people become dull, and their eyes are, are glossed over. Mm-hmm. They don't get it. They become stupefied. Um, I believe even there's biological situations where your pineal gland is blacked blocked, and we begin to lose our vitality, our communication, our communion with God, as was done in the garden. So that sin-death problem is what has to be dealt with.
0: So in Second Corinthians uh, 7, verse 10, it says that the sorrow of the world produces death. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about that. All the grief Depression, and all the sorrow exa- yeah. and the, you know, the sicknesses, diseases, tragedy— all that weighs upon the human race, and it, it does produce death. It, it
1: A dis- discouragement, defeat, and then you mm-hmm. get to that place where you're making an agreement with, with, agreement with who cares, or it doesn't matter, or I give up, and we lose sight of the hope of eternal life. And many times people are losing sight of that because they don't stay very well connected with the Word of God, whether they're listening to it or reading it, they don't. Um, they they lose sight of it. We're just too impacted by the everyday demands and the discouragement, uh, and and we don't realize that this is a spiritual battle. Actually, the battle is for your soul, and the other part of the battle, the flip side of that coin, the battle is for our identity, for our DNA, for our humanity. And one of the things, just an offside uh, comment here, is the battle right now is to steal your humanity so that you cannot be saved. Because once your DNA is corrupted to the point where it's not your DNA, it's not human Mm -hmm. DNA anymore, Mm -hmm. it doesn't carry the image of God anymore, you cannot be human anymore, and therefore you cannot be saved. Because the only ones that can be resurrected and saved are those who are human.
0: What are some ways that our DNA can be corrupted?
1: Well that's a big that's a story for another time but <laughs> but basically uh ingesting other dna or um allowing certain things to be put into our bodies that change the composition of our humanity and this mm-hmm. is really the reason we are so um, targeted, if you will, by Satan, even from the beginning, was because of his jealousy and his insecurity, because God had made man and woman in His, in God's image. No other creature had been created in the image of God to uh, represent, to relate with, to be in a position where they could be part of the family of God. And so he, you know, he said, the devil said, the serpent said, You shall not die, you shall be like God. And so nowadays, he's trying to fulfill his promise to the man and the woman to you shall be as God in all these kinds of ways nowadays that we try to. Uh, equip ourselves with uh, in, uh, AI, uh, computer-generated uh, chips and this and that and whatnot in our bodies to live forever. So we don't have to face death because that's the the deal. If you live forever already, you won't have to face death. But God says, no, there is a transition time. There is a point of death. There's a point of entering, leaving this world and entering through that doorway, death is like a doorway to go into eternal life, whether in heaven or hell. There are two options, and God is not willing that any should perish, but He will not, on the other hand, force anyone to go to heaven that has rebelled against Him, that has resisted Him. And there's so many that have bought into these false doctrines, and etc., that are really it's working to cause them to resist the love of God and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And one more thing, the the counterfeit for resurrection, and that was God's solution to death, was Jesus' death. Jesus now had to die in our place to be resurrected. And when he was resurrected, that made us also eligible, those who participated with him through that death, through faith in Jesus Christ, through his shed blood, makes us eligible to also participate with him in, in resurrection. But Satan's counterfeit to, resu- uh, to the resurrection or and redemption through resurrection is reincarnation. And that is, for, for everything God has, Satan has another story. He has a different narrative. He has a uh, another option. And so people, many times, because they don't know the word and they're not taught the word, they fall for the option. Well, we'll just, you know, we'll just come back again or we just fall into the ground and die and, we, and that's the end of it. Neither of those are true.
0: Hebrews 9.27 says that it is appointed for man to die once, but after this, the judgment. Now, generally, that's the situation. There are people that have died, and then, you know, they experienced heaven or hell, and then they came back, but then that's a little bit of an exception, right? And so, uh, but it's generally, it's appointed to man to die once, and after this, there's a judgment you know you said there's two two places where we can go there's there's the ultimately there's the lake of fire or there's the glories of the new heaven and the new earth
1: in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 he goes into a long discussion 50 some verses 58 about you know they were concerned about their loved ones dying falling asleep what was going to happen And towards the end, he gives a very interesting. Paul makes a very interesting comment, and I think it would be very relevant for us to realize and to read this because, again, this particular element of the gospel has been buried as well. It says, verse fifty-one, Paul: "Behold, I tell you a mystery: we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed." So he's saying there is an exception to this sleeping, dying thing. He said, "In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet." For the Trump will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed for this corruption this corruptible I'm sorry, that would be the for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality so what he 's saying is that there is a time where there is a moment where where one set of people are not going to have to actually pass away, but they will be snatched away in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And then they will also be changed. We will all be changed because a a, a biological uh, human being cannot withstand, cannot move into that dimension, um, because we're kind of trapped in this dimension, and so we have to be changed. And so there's that's what people will call the rapture. Now there is people who are saying, well, the rapture will happen soon, um, or it hasn't, isn't going to happen. But we do know, according to the word of God, that there is that moment. And some people are saying, well, maybe I won't die. Maybe I'll just twinkle out of here. I'll just be gone. And that's a possibility. But, you know, those people have to live expecting that and be prepared for that. And and the, but the most important thing is not to live looking for that moment of the rapture, because that really isn't our rescue. Our rescue has already been pro- provided for us through Jesus Christ and to live is Christ, and then to die is gain. And in him we live and move and have our being. So if you're living in Christ, you're being a, a, a wise, faithful servant, um, you're, you're fine. Just keep walking. Don't, he says here, um, so, that, so when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that was written, death is swallowed up in victory. Verse 55, O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, Hades where's your victory? Hades is that place in hell. The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when Jesus Christ gave us that victory, he filled and satisfied and finished the law so that we're not bound to be perfect to keep the law in order to get to heaven. We are now brought into resurrection, eternal life through the gift of God, through salvation, um, and so he says the verse fifty five. Here's fifty eight. Therefore, my brethren, beloved, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain of the Lord. So this is where we are right now. Always moving in that hope and moving in that peace.
0: John chapter five verse twenty four says, "Most assuredly, I say to you." He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, that it means final judgment or condemnation, but has passed from death into life. Mm -hmm. So it's not... Eternal life is not something that you hope you get someday, it's something that you have now. It's not something you can you're actually believing earn. If you believe in Jesus, yeah. You, 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 you don't have
1: earn it. it, you receive it as a gift. It's yes. a gift, but it comes through the confession believing that Jesus Christ Died on the cross for your sins, rose from the dead, and is coming back. Romans
0: six twenty three: The wages of sin is death, but the gift, gift of, of God, God is, is eternal, eternal life through Jesus and Christ. And so many are old. trying
1: to earn this gift and wearing themselves out and getting mad at God because they don't know if they've been good enough to get it, and they're all in a confusion about that. And
0: some people are kind of conscious or unconscious universalists that somehow that you know, if I live a good life, or if it doesn't matter how I love God, is so love how I live. Um, God is so loving and merciful that I'll get to go to heaven no matter what. And we we do a lot of people think, you know, oh they're up there with the angels and they're looking down on us and and uh we just, you know, it's sort of like everybody goes to heaven when you die type thing. Mm-hmm. This is a, a really a perversion of uh mm-hmm. of what the truth is. And so um
1: right because and Jesus makes that very clear in many of his statements he talks about, you know, where the worm dies not and uh being cast into eternal torment with those gnashing of teeth, etc. And I think especially Matthew um twenty four uh let's see, sixteen twenty four. Um he said and Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So he's talking about your soul possibilities of it being lost. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? He's saying this is very serious. He says, verse 27, for the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you, and then he goes on to say there's some that were not going to die until they saw him, and that was through the transfiguration. But going back, what is what are you willing to give in exchange for? Uh, for your soul Satan says everybody's got a price I can bribe them I can deprive them deprive them I can terrify them many now are selling out to the spirit of fear anything to live oh anything to preserve my meager pointless little you know difficult life so people are doing all kinds of selling their souls for a bowl of soup like Esau did he sold his birthright um to Jacob for a bowl of soup and he despised his birth. And, and, and do you despise your soul? You, you've only, you only get one soul, one life you get. And you, I mean, this is a high privilege to be created human in the first place, because God could have just made you a, a swan or a burger, a rock or a piece of grass, but he, he gave you the high privilege. Not everybody gets the high privilege to be called or have the eligibility to become one of the sons of God. And um, yet many people don't know anything about the privilege they have. They despise their life or they try like everything to save it. And what they're actually doing is making a deal with the devil. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like they did the pagans. What they did was they would make deals with the demons they were superstitious they were afraid they were terrified by these spirits and so they'd make these deals okay I'll give you my firstborn son I'll sacrifice mm-hmm. him to Moloch mm-hmm. if you just give me an easy life just give me prosperity just give me uh, good crops whatever these they were always making deals with the devil why because they loved him so much. No, because they were so terrified of him. And this is the same today. The devil has ways of getting even with people, terrifying them, depriving them. He he is the God of this world, and he has a lot of things he can do to manipulate. Now, God gave us the power, but we gave the power to Satan for the most part, so he's using it against us. But God is still intervening for whosoever will believe and call upon the name of the Lord. Well,
0: so many have no concept of this uh, spiritual war that we're in, uh, of the devil or anything like that. Even though they're you know fascinated uh, vic- by him, victims yeah. of him, they're actually yeah. his uh, uh, patsies, but they don't realize that there is a spiritual force principalities, yeah. power, spiritual wickedness in yep. high places, yep. Yep. demons uh, all these things that are are motivating uh, people but um, we have to keep in mind that there are two eternal destinies mm-hmm. there's there's the lake of fire, right. And every one, every one of us, are going to stand before the judgment yes, before everyone. before God in judgment. Every one of us, you can't escape that. Mm-hmm. You said, "Well, no, I'll rich just,
1: poor doesn't matter. We're all going to be doesn't there. Doesn't
0: matter, high low whatever. We're God going is to no be there. respecter
1: of persons. He's not. He's not flattered by the fact that you're a billionaire. That does means nothing. As a matter of fact, that may be worse for you because he's already given you much more or permitted you to have much more um, re- options or uh, capabilities to serve him, and if you don't use those little gifts, that becomes a problem.
0: Well, Paul says in Second Corinthians five that we're, you know, we're going to all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, uh-huh. and there, for 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 some people who have served the Lord, the judgment day is going to be a glorious day. It's going to be a day of reward. We don't know exactly mm-hmm. what that mm-hmm. means. Crown of righteousness, crown of Lord, uh, crown of life, what what whatever that means. There's rewards, uh, you know. We think of rewards as like trophies or money or something like that, but there are rewards mm-hmm. for those who have been faithful to the Lord. And then there's also uh, basically punishments uh, for those who have rejected the Lord and refused his will and it, his uh, call.
1: It, it's not that God wants you to do a lot of good deeds so you can get to heaven. So have right. lots of you know brownie points up there. What What he really is saying is give your life... To the Lord, to live is Christ. In Him we live and move and have our being. And He said, Jesus said again. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This doesn't mean like um, all these burdens and all this trouble is my cross to bear. It means that God is bearing that cross, and you are following him. You're following after. He said, "Follow me." Whoever, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This is the challenge because a lot of people are panicky and fear and anxious and freak out and think that they have to protect their own life. Uh, but in the process, they actually are losing their life. Again, losing your life means you give it up to God. You allow God's love, his Holy Spirit, to direct you. You have the mind of Christ. You don't have your own agenda. You're, you're willing to, to do whatever it is he says to do um, for others to know. And this is basically what he said. Preach the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely receive, freely give. And this is the real mandate of the follower of Jesus Christ. To do what he was doing,
0: and we're in this life, just you know. There's <laughs> this old poem: uh, "Only one life will soon be passed; only what's done for Christ will last." So, I was at a funeral a few days ago, and you know, one of the daughters there was sharing with me about you know how we're chosen in Christ from before the before we were conceived. He he knew us and chose us, and then you know we have this little brief span of life here on earth and then we're going we come from eternity we go to eternity that's that's really how it works from eternity to eternity and you know we want to we want to live for what outlasts this life Amen. you know our if you live for stuff your stuff gets sold given away rotted destroyed rusted or you can your stuff doesn't yeah. last but we're here to use our stuff our physical thing things that we God has given us with, our, our life, our health, our material goods, uh, our gifts, we're to use those for the glory of God. We're to use that which is uh, temporal for that which is eternal in, in, in helping people come to know Christ, come to follow Christ, that they will live their lives for Jesus, with Jesus, in the power of Jesus, forever. Uh, on here and then and, and forever. You know, like you mentioned, Marjorie, about Betty malls mm-hmm. What the only thing we can really take us with us to heaven are our souls, others, and uh, the souls of men uh, is the most valuable commodity right. on earth.
1: And the thing, just to clarify a little bit, what you know you mentioned about uh, we're appointed. Well, you know, um, predestined is the word I think you used in Romans, just to clarify that. It says many are called, but few are chosen. Uh, the way is narrow. Let me just explain that a little bit. In Romans chapter, it would seem weird and unfair if God, you know, created certain people to be predestined for heaven and then others to be predestined for hell, then he would be horrible. He'd be, you know, um, the worst evil uh, entity in the universe. But that's not how it works. It says, because, you know, to go to heaven, you have to want to go to heaven. You have to choose. You have to believe in Jesus Christ. But reading in Romans 8, just for a minute here, um, well, verse 28's great. He says, For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And of course, we need that verse a lot, probably every day, to put a band-aid on things that are going wrong. Uh, verse 29, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. So you have that word, predestined, and you have the word, he foreknew. Whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Well, who did God know about ahead of time or foreknow? He foreknew everybody. He knew everybody. And so therefore it says he predestined everybody, humans that is, to be conformed to the image of his son. He had that in mind, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Now, who did he predestine? Those he foreknew. Who did he foreknow? Everybody. So who did he call? he called everybody whom he called these he also justified and whom he justified these he also glorified now that word called when you have now you have an action verb where he's calling and you have to answer you have to give a response it's like getting invited to a wedding you have the invitation sent out you can respond to it and come or you can reject it and this is where the problem happens is not in god calling everybody but in how we respond to it but those he called those who responded to the call, these he also justified. He was able to justify them, deliver them from the condemnation of death. And those he justified, he also glorified. And he brought them into the fullness of the promise he had made from the beginning, that they would be with him forever in heaven. And so we are, we, he blessed us, he chose us, he predestined us uh, to, into the place of adoption. Uh, this is Ephesians chapter 1. Um, according to his good pleasure, Uh, and made us accepted in the the beloved. But unfortunately, this only can be given to those who receive, who want, who ask. And that's why asking, calling on the name of the Lord is so important these days. Even these days where people have been so overwhelmed, tsunamied by lies, help them find the truth that they might be saved, that this miserable life they've lived on, this horrible, unfair, unjust, wicked Stint on earth will work together for good and amount to something for them for eternal glory. So don't be afraid to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the gospel of of grace and good news.
0: We're not here to fear death, you know. And it talks about in Hebrews chapter two about to deliver those who were through fear of death were tormented all their life. So we, for for the believer, there's there's no need to be afraid of death because it's a passageway. Paul says it's to be absent from the body Mm -hmm. and to be present with the Lord. And uh, Jesus Christ has defeated death. And uh, Isaiah 25, verse 8 speaks of this, foreshadows this. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. The rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth. So he'll take away the rebuke of, of his people from from uh, take away mm-hmm. the rebuke of his people from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And we we read in Revelation chapter uh, 21, there's going to be a, a new heaven and a new earth. Um, remember the, th- the thief on the cross that was repentant. He said, uh, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. You will be with me. In this place of Mm. of of happiness, this eternal place of of bliss and glory, and there's a there's not going to be any more death. Amen. You know, no more no more death, no more pain, no more crying, no more tears. That's a great heritage that we have as followers of Jesus Christ.
1: So, Father God, we thank you now for the revelation. of, that brings us to salvation, that brings us to eternal life through Jesus Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach, the faithful one, the one who died in our place. And I thank you, Lord, that you give us the grace and the courage by the power of your Holy Spirit to believe that, to receive that, to not to give our soul in exchange for anything that Satan would offer, but only eternal life. And Father, we ask for grace and courage for all of us these days as death seems to be abounding and all around us. May we know who we are, who you are, and what's going on here, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And, and one more thing, people, check us out at liferecovery.com. We have lots of books, CDs, uh, instruments, things that will help you understand your life. And also, it, we encourage you to tell other people about Rescue Radio so that we can get this news out. We thank you for your help. We thank you for your time. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: I have an emergency. What is your location? I'm at Lombardara. Take that way 3 to Benny's Inn. I can't stop the patrol. Please Rescue radio, cuz there's a war for your soul.